brings you to be more self-aware. I think we go so fast in our lives. We're going so fast and we want to outsource, right? Like find the best diet. We want to find the best meditation. We want to find the best whatever, but we're not actually listening to how this is working for us or taking time to flex. Like, oh, actually when I did this, I felt better. And so I'm going to keep doing that. We're just like, oh, my neighbor did this. So I'm going to do that. Why do I not feel better yet? And you're like, well, cause it's not working for you. Do you even know what does work for you? And how do you get to the foundations of that? So you can build on top of that. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back, listeners. As always, Steve Obolinik hosting the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast, episode 56 today with Laura Martin. This episode has everything you need to know about your gut health, how to reset it, how to use it to regulate emotions, and how your emotions affect your gut health, and everything in between. We get in depth about how to use food and behavioral interventions to help adjust digestive health, but then also how to honor digestive health to to listen to see what's going inside the body and pay attention and build intuition and intention on how you eat and how teen and day-to-day ebbs and flows can affect not only your gut health, but your health in general, both physical and mental. So we get in depth about that, and then we talk a lot about poop. So if you're a poop fan, (laughs) this episode's for you. Here's Laura. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome to the podcast, Laura Martin. Awesome to have you here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. So uh, I know that we had connected through a, a podcast group on Facebook um, and, you know, I followed your story and the healing to happy uh, work that you're doing with your business and, and everything of that nature. But I'm wondering if you could tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you've gotten to where you are and maybe um, some of the passions and trials and tribulations you've had to endure to get to where you are now. Sure. So my journey started, oh boy, like when I was 12 years old and I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and also IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. At the time I had no idea that these two things were connected. And I spent majority of my life trying to find some type of placement within my body. Um, But I never really found it. Like I was always chasing a diet or some type of supplement or any of that kind of stuff, struggled with eating disorders for years. Um, and really just didn't know how to be the human I, <laughs> I knew I wanted to be. 
And so kept trying to seek outside validation. And then after unexpectedly losing my mom, uh, my last semester of college, I ended up going and moving to Asia as one does um, to set on a mission to go (laughs) to, to, to find myself. And I ended up face planting because it doesn't really matter where you go, your problems are always going to find you. And so I found myself in a very toxic relationship, very, I took my anxiety out on my plate. So I was hardly eating. I was over exercising. I just really went this whole self-sabotage kind of way and just really didn't know like where I wanted to be in my life. And as I was sitting one day um, on the brink of just, you know, contemplating my life, contemplating where I was going on the brink of like suicide, had no idea what I wanted to do, found myself just sitting there and like pausing for a second and like realized it wasn't that I didn't want to live anymore. I just didn't want to live that way. And so I found myself in the grips of nutrition. So I sat down at a coffee shop with a friend and she was like, Hey, like you, you," I'm like, what do I want to do? And she's like, I mean, you really like food, but, um, like in a really unhealthy way. So how would you go learn about nutrition? And I was like, yeah, interesting. All right, let me go do that. And so went on that way. And as I started to learn more about nutrition, I realized how I wasn't nourished myself well and how once I start to take care of myself I was able to really take responsibility for my health but the issue came was even though I was eating all the right things I my gut was still completely out of whack like did it matter how many different tests I did all this kind of stuff just really set myself out um and so finally fell in love with this whole gut brain connection and as I was sitting in my office with my naturopath one day she was like oh do you want to talk about how your depression is linked to your IBS? And I swear to God, my body, I was like, what are you talking about? One, like, I'm not depressed because I was just so used to feeling that way. Like, I had mm-hmm. no idea. Right. And two, uh, what are you talking about? How are those two things connected? And so that's what set me off on my path to become a digestive health specialist and create these different methods because everything I found relating to gut health was far too triggering for someone with a background with eating disorders. It was like, eliminate this, cut this out, no sugar, no dairy, no gluten, no any type of fun foods, not my jam. Um, And so that's what led me to really dive into this gut brain connection, realizing IBS is not a food issue. It's a gut brain dysregulation issue. So the only way to actually heal it is to tap into this whole gut brain connection. And as fate would have it, I also no longer struggled with depression and anxiety as I healed my gut. And so it was this kind of two-way approach that set me free from my mind and my body and really allowed me this freedom to go on to teach hundreds of women around the world about this method and, you know, travel around Asia speaking about it and now back in the U.S. and doing online courses and everything, teaching these kind of methods. Yeah, that's awesome. I think there's so much to unpack with that because, you know, the last couple of episodes I've done or the podcasts that aren't out yet, we, in a lot of them, we talk about the importance of um, mental health and this connection to healthy lifestyles, but also realizing exactly what you're talking about is that, you know, there is this uh, connection to food, but more importantly, how we digest food and how we um, can like really strengthen that connection from the gut and the, the mind to really work on mental health as well. And I have a background in integrative um, medicines with mental health and looking beyond just the pharmaceutical way, but like looking at supplementation, but also things of nervous system 
reactiveness and, and paying attention to the microbiome and how that affects mental health and physical health and the response in the body. And so I think everything you're saying is amazing, but let me ask you this question. How do you start on that process? Because I, I, I'm assuming that your friend talks to you, hey, maybe you should really get more education on nutrition and, and work on that. But where do you go from there? How do you dig into that and get to this integrative holistic model of that um, from just that conversation? Yeah. I mean, so this is when I enrolled in school and I went the wrong route. I tried every single diet that there was out there and mm. I don't regret that, but it wasn't very healthy. It was a very orthorexic, like needing right. it to be perfect and healthy and X, Y, Z. And so then I had to sp like spend the next four years rewiring my brain to unwire that. Right. Cause I was so I was like, okay, so, um, I know that this diet, I know it's supposed to do this and I have to follow that. And it's like, you can't even look at a carrot anymore without like freaking out about it. And it, it was really annoying. Um, and so I started down that route and as I started to eat better and my body kept fighting, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And so I ended, I hired a team around me, even though I was studying this, I was a professional and all this, I was in that route. Mm -hmm. I had a team, I hired on a naturopath. I had a GI doctor. I had a therapist. I had a nutrition coach. Like it was one of these things where I, you know, when you're in those moments, you think you're alone. And that's the most disheartening thing because you're like, I, I can't talk to people about this. It's embarrassing. One, two, we have this mental health stigma. So I can't talk about that yeah. either. So you're like trapped. You think you're alone, but as you actually begin to heal, you realize a lot of people feel this way and you need to hire people that are smarter than you to get you to that next level that you want to be in. Because like I said, I hit like the very lowest of the lows were like constantly taking my life and I didn't actually want to do that. And so I was like, okay, I need to outsource this because my brain is doing this funky stuff. So I need help. Right. And that was, that was the hardest, humble, like most humbling thing that I had to do. Mm. And from then was able to really pick and choose. Cause obviously I didn't agree with every single thing that came out of their mouths, but I was able to pick, okay, so this aligns with where I want to be. This aligns where I want to be and picking which ones to then create this whole system and methods and plans that allowed me to heal my mind, body, and soul. And also have a social life because I realized a lot of the gut healing protocols for IBS and everything in between was at the point, like I had cut out 13 different food groups. I was eating like a smoothie in the morning and soups in the evening. Cause I couldn't keep anything down. It just hurt my body so much. Mm -hmm. And so really understanding that like that also wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And so what were the next right steps to move past that? And so it took a lot of time. I'm not going to lie. Like, I wish I had what I now have to really bypass that and move forward. But it took a bunch aligning myself with people that were in the arena that I wanted to be in, if yeah. that makes sense. No, it makes a ton of sense. I think there there's a beauty to taking a step back and, and really looking at where you're supposed to have a beginner's mind and where you're supposed to be the expert and really differentiating between that. And I think so much of the healing experience is taking that step and saying, Oh, I don't have to be an expert in my own care. I can have a team of providers or a team of support who are individually experts in, in what we're trying to do. And it will be on, on them to kind of give me information. And then I being the consumer, so to speak, will be able to make a decision on how I want to move forward. And I, and I think once you get to that point, it's really relieving just to have a team of supports because you spend years and years looking for that and guiding your own process. And 
you know, I think it kind of leaves you in this weird place of saying, I'm not making headway. I'm supposed to know this when in reality, no, you're supposed to have experts help you. And then you can kind of guide the process a little bit more that way. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think that's the hard part is when you can surrender into that and be like, I act because I was studying this. Like this was my career. I was guiding other people on it. Right. I, yeah. I had the specialties and everything. And still I was like, I could do better. Right. There's something in this where I can do better. Cause I'm not totally aligned in it. And it was, it was hard at first to sit down and be like, I'm not doing this the best I could be doing. My mind's getting away. My soul, like where I'm at, it's not working. And so it was really humbling, but also really hard to just like put the gauntlet down and just be like, I surrender, like someone else helped me with this. And from that, everything else changed. Awesome. I mean, so can you guide us through that, that walk for you a little bit? What did you find that was helpful for you? I know you said it took you many years and you wish you had what you've gotten to now back then, but what was that process like for you? So what first came was understanding food wasn't the issue. It was at the root, why was my body not digesting food? And so I had this misconception in my head where it was me that was the issue. I wasn't eliminating enough of the right foods. I wasn't doing, like, I wasn't taking the right supplements. I wasn't doing, and what I realized is that is just all bollocks. Like you don't actually need that. If it's a healthy body can handle pizza from time to time and like what have you. And, and that enjoyment of life at the root of it is metabolic dysfunction and your gut brain connection and the inflammation that's happening in your body. So once I understood that, I was like, oh, okay. So I can eat regular food. And of course I went the other way. Cause I was ex- re- extremely restrictive. I went the other way where I was just like, Whoa, I'm going to eat everything <laughs> because right. that happened. Mm-hmm. And I came back aligned and was like, okay, so also don't feel so great doing that. Came back in line, understood the science behind it all. I was like, okay, so if I can get my body temperatures back in the right direction, if I can get my hormones back aligned, because at the time my hormones were out of whack, I hadn't had a cycle in five years, which was madness, mm-hmm. um, started focusing more on functional food as opposed to eliminating different foods like gluten and dairy and what have you. I focused more on getting those deep nourishing foods like liver and oysters and sardines and lard and things that your body actually needs to heal. Um, and then moving that direction as well as looking at, okay, so what is my stress management? What, how am I working out? Like at the time I was like a F45 queen, like I was so in it, which don't like, I love those workouts, but you don't need to be doing that every day. Right. Um, it's a lot of extra strength you're adding to it. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's just when you're healing, you don't need that. If you're already struggling, you don't need that extra stress. Your body in and of itself is translating that stress into fight or flight. You're not going to be resting and digesting and taking in your foods and really in that kind of realm. And this is where you see the misconception of like, Oh, like my stress management is working out. And you're like, no, you need something else. Um, so really looking at more of my body temperatures, understanding that understanding food wasn't the issue to focusing on more of the foods I should be having into my nutrition routine, as opposed to the foods to be taking out. And then three, looking at what is my stress management and how can I consistently do these three trifectas every single day? So building consistency around like the, this ground up kind of model of, okay, let me build a a base, a base to support everything else and do it consistently. Mm -hmm. And then that way I can start to make progress, even if it's not 
getting exactly where I want to be, I can see these small alleviations of, oh, my skin's clearing up or, you know, oh, I don't have a migraine or, you know, the, the aches in my joints uh, or the inflammation's coming down. Um, and I think that's a, a really healthy way to look at things because we often see the end goal of where we want to be. And it seems so overwhelming to get there, but to break it down to consistency in these building blocks gives you a template that you can focus day to day on. Exactly. And as humans, we need small wins fast, right? And so if you're going to set out in your mission is like, I want to feel banging. Like I want to have the best energy. I want to heal my IBS. I want to have all this kind of stuff. And that's like way out there. And that's not to say it's unachievable, but if you're not there tomorrow, you're going to be kind of gutted. Right. And so when you can get those micro goals in place and you start seeing yourself win, you see that consistency and you're like, Oh, I can keep doing this. I can keep doing this. Then you start to get that momentum that you can consistently show up to where it's not like, Oh, something in life happens. And because your foundation was already shaky that you aren't consistent. You don't show up tomorrow for it. And this is where you see like new year, new me things don't really work well because you're not giving those small wins first, larger goal. And so when you can set yourself up in that foundation, you're like, okay, yeah, life is going to happen. Some days I'm not going to show up here as as best as I knew I could, but tomorrow I'll do better. And then you can start building on top of that kind of sturdy foundation that will always support you no matter what chapter of life you're in. Yeah. I mean, I I think we see it in so many different levels of life and different areas of life where we have this construct of time and we base this model on this construct. New year, new me is a great example of that. It's like, Oh, I'm going to start in January. I'm going to hit it hard after the holidays. And you know, that happens for two to three weeks by February, all the gyms are empty again. You're, you go off track because you go too hard. You're trying to hit a bigger goal. It's not sustainable. You lose focus. Um, and then you have that con- construct of time where you kind of look at it and say, oh, well, the weekend's ruined, so I might as well ruin the rest of the week. And then it kind of cycles through that. And I think that's an important thing in any kind of healing is a day by day approach. You know, we see that with addiction and recovery. I work with clients on depression or anxiety. We, we really try to look at these smaller steps that are achievable, but also what are the strengths that are used today is a good uh, reframe and mantra I use at the end of the day of taking looks at, you know, the day may have been started really shitty, but, but at the end of the end of the day, if I can look at what's happened today, and if I haven't used certain strengths that I want to highlight tomorrow's a new day, and my focus focal point can be on using those strengths. I think it's way more attainable and achievable that way and sustainable, you know? Exactly. And, and it brings you to be more self-aware. I think we go so fast in our lives. We're going so fast and we want to outsource, right? Like find the best diet. We want to find the best meditation. We want to find the best, whatever, but we're not actually listening to how this is working for us or taking time to flex. Like, Oh, actually when I did this, I felt better. And so I'm going to keep doing that. We're just like, Oh, my neighbor did this. So I'm going to do that why do I not feel better yet? And you're like, well, cause it's not working for you. Do you even know what does work for you? And how do you get to the foundations of that? So you can build on top of that. Yeah. I mean, it is that cure all that we're, we're looking for. And, you know, part of it's too, is, is the media and the, so, the social media and just what's being presented and that quick fix. When in reality, when you look at it, like with your gut health too, you didn't get there in a day. So it's not going to disappear in a day. 
right? It's it's a lot of like, this comes from many different angles. It's going to take a while to to do it. But if I can look at each step in getting there, uh, that's half the battle, to quote G.I. Joe. Yeah. And I, I think that is like at its root. I mean, it's fear. And I see that a lot with the, my clients that either are going through my courses or they're going through my um, one-on-one. It's they're like, oh, I felt great yesterday. And then today I am all of a sudden I have a flare up and I'm like, well, yes, like the body is going to do, it will always do that. It's not like you're one day going to eat this magic apple and feel awesome every single time that doesn't exist. So let's bring it back. Let's be realistic in what things are and consistently over the last week, how have you felt consistently over the last month? Have you, how have you felt? Great. So we're on the way up a little bit. You're going to have your dips, but the whole basis is, do you have the tools to start again tomorrow or start again right now to switch whatever? Okay. Like I'm just, I'm bloated today and I'm having a flare up. So I'm going to wear looser clothing as opposed to being like, Oh, dang it. Like what's wrong with my body. And like letting that inner demon come out inside of you and beat you up where you're just like, no, 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 it's okay. I have the resources. I trust myself that my body can actually bounce back. And I think I know that so many of us, myself included have that fear base of like, Oh, it didn't work right now. So so I'm just going to give it up or I'm going to self-sabotage or I'm going to do something else because, oh, I had this one hiccup. But when you get to the foundations, you can start actually avoiding that kind of thing and really just having trust as opposed to fear lead your way. Yeah, I, I think you recently shared too, just this graph or, or the cycle of fear uh, related to food and how you know that worry about having a flare up actually can cause a flare up. And I think that's so integral to, to any kind of health is the focal points that we we focus on, whether it's looking at the limited options or looking at the generative options really creates this environment that that's self-fulfilling almost. And so uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think the cycle you said is having anxiety about food. And then like really the next step was like increased anxiety, which kind of throws off the gut connection and then actually maintains that, that cycle. Um, so I was wondering, so we've referenced it a bunch of times already on here, but I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about that gut mind connection and and the access, uh, how it's connected and what it looks like. Oh, yes. It's my, it's my favorite thing. (laughs) Uh, so our body is made up of trillions of bacteria. And nowadays we, I mean, we always have, we've been demonizing bacteria. We want to like wipe it away. We think it's dirty, what have you. We actually have good and bad bacteria. We want to keep that bacteria in balance. This bacteria starts from when we are born through the birth canal, we're covered in this bacteria and it grows into this three pound mass. And it's most um, influenced from the early ages until we're about three. So this is why you wanna have babies like play in the dirt, eat all the foods, get really messy, like really get that because you want to have the diversity inside of it. But as we are now seeing, we are being far too clean. We're not eating diverse diets. We're so quick to medications that it's really impacting this. And this is why we're seeing a heightened response to immunity, to mental illness, to just all around illness, right? Like we're just kind of getting weaker. people. Um, and I'm really like, you'll probably nowadays you see gut health everywhere, but not quite sure what it means. How do we address it? We see probiotics pretty much on everything nowadays. I'm like, Whoa, it's great. Um, but due to the gut brain connection. So this thing, when we think of the gut, we think of 
digestion and bloating and constipation and going to the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. But really this microbiome, this gut that is trillions of or millions of bacteria, we, it controls the way we digest food. So how you're absorbing it, but it also controls our mood. It controls our focus. It controls, do we have brain fog or are we, are we there? Are we present as long as, as well as like our skin and our hormones and our hair, like it controls literally every single thing about us, which is one of the reasons why it's called the second brain. The other reasons it's called the second brain is because it actually is home to 90% of our serotonin, which is our happy hormone, 40% of our dopamine or 50% of our dopamine or GABA or neuropronephrine. These things that help us keep calm, cool, collected, and happy are all housed in our gut. Granted, they don't go through the gut brain barrier. They're not delivering the message, but you can eat certain foods that help to break that blood brain barrier and carry it to the brain and do this whole jammy jam that's going on that helps us feel those emotions. And so it's always in communication. This is the second reason it's called the um, second brain. It's through the enteric nervous system. So you don't have to tell your heart to beat, your lungs to breathe, your food to digest, any of that stuff. It runs entirely on its own. So you want to make sure that you're fueling your gut well. So you're fueling your brain well. And a lot of people don't understand that anxiety and depression Yes, sometimes are a chemical imbalance, but most of the time it's just inflammation in the body. Just like when we have a cut on our hand, you see the bleeding wound, you put a bandaid on it, maybe some extra manuka honey because, you know, got to put that on there. And then you're able to heal that wound. But a brain, you don't see that inflammation. You don't see what's going on there, but what it's, ha- what it's actually happening inside of it, it's this alarm response going on like, hey, something in here is not working. So like how I did when I was younger, I thought it meant I was broken. Oh, here's some chemicals. Here's doing this. Here's doing that. Instead of actually getting to the root cause of like one, I had emotional traumas. I needed to speak and find communication and how to address Two, my diet was like a one steak sauce and like cherry one Cheerio with like a cup of sugar and like a bunch of the standard American diet, right. like it was yeah. not healthy. And so once you're able to tackle those two things, you're able to really focus on functional foods, really heal this nervous system and what's going on. Your body's able to heal itself and stop setting off these alarm bells that are going on. And that comes from nurturing this balance of this good and bad bacteria and making sure that you're getting the diversity, you're getting the healthy foods involved. You're playing in the dirt, you're getting the sunshine, you're managing your stress. Like there's so much to it. Um, but it really doesn't have to be that hard. It can just be like these simple lifestyle practices that you start to implement. Yeah. Yeah. Small changes create bigger changes. Right. And that, that whole idea is, is a hundred percent on whether it's physical health you're trying to rebuild or it's mental health. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing is I often ask people when we're talking in sessions about emotions and feelings and reactions, I ask them, where does that stuff take place? And they'll always say the brain, they're always pointing to their head, especially young kids. And I'll, then I'll talk to them. Okay, well, let's break it down a little bit. Like what are like, when you feel this way, what's happening in your body and they have a really hard time. So you kind of kind of cherry pick and kind of pull, pull things out. And then they start to say, Oh yeah. When I'm angry, it's not just in my brain. It's also in the way I move in the way I talk and how I feel, or when I'm anxious, you know, I have my stomach hurts or my heart beats faster or my lungs, I'm breathing faster and I have, you know, clenched fists or, you know, I'm stomping around the house. And I think everything that you're talking about responds to that in, in the sense of, you know, this is much more about a system instead of just individualized parts. And I think 
you know, I've talked about it on here a bunch of times, but you know, in Western medicine, for the most part, we tend to individualize how we approach health and wellness. When in reality, we, you know, we need to kind of make that team and approach on many different levels and have that connection and, and move forward through uh, making those connections of, Oh, when this happens, this happens. And that makes sense. So let's, let's look at these smaller steps to alleviate that. Exactly. And that, I mean, that goes back to what we were speaking on earlier is how self-aware are you to notice those things, you know, and how do you ask yourself the right questions? Cause we say it often like, Oh, I'm, I have butterflies in my stomach or something like that. And it's like, well, why are you saying that? Because when you're anxious, you do feel that. Or like when you have to give a presentation, do you all of a sudden have to run to the bathroom really quick? Because you're like, Oh, that's just what happens. I get my nervous poops. And you're like, no, that's actually the gut brain connection. That's how it's working right there. That's the symbolism of your body working together or your palms sweating or, you know, getting jitters. Like you feel it all over your body. So when you can pause enough to reflect on that and be like, oh yeah, that's how I felt today. And this is where I'm holding it. And I love that you were saying, like talking about it with kids. Cause I know like with the new mindfulness programs that they're now implementing in, in schools and stuff that my friends are working at they're that's what they're working with on kids. It's like, yeah. where do you feel in your body? What color is it? What would you name it? Where all this kind of stuff, because as adults, I'm realizing now, I mean, we're just adult children, right? Like we, we still don't know because no one taught us how to actually feel these things or be self-aware. And then we're sitting here stomping around being ill, looking for supplements, looking for quick fixes, trying to outrun everything. When you're like, if you just slowed down enough to let that messenger come up to you and be like, Hey, I have this really important message and it will change everything about your life. If you just let me give it to you and you'd be like, life has changed. Yeah. <laughs> like if you could actually 100%. get to that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right that, you know, and even in the gut uh, wellness world of, of health and wellness, there's this concept of intuitive eating that comes up quite a bit. And I've had doctors talk about it. I've had clients go to doctors and they mention intuitive eating and they, you know, they, Oh, okay. I'll just do intuitive eating, but they have no idea what that means. They, they don't have the step-by-step way of doing it. They don't know how to break it down. The doctors just say, Oh, eat more mindfully, eat more intuitively. They're like, okay. And then they continue eating this in the same way, but they're just paying attention to what they're eating instead of saying, Oh, what might my cravings be telling me about what my body could utilize right now? Or, you know, why, why am I reaching for more Doritos instead of saying, Oh, you know, I actually feel 80% full. And I, I know to kind of, you know, take a break before I get to hundred percent full. And so I think that's great about what you're talking about. It's, you know, changing this idea of what health and wellness is away from just saying, you know, oh, just do this, this, but like really bringing introspection and pauses into it. Because I think when you do that, when you cultivate that relationship, you get a wealth of knowledge about yourself that's actually really astounding. (laughs) And it's just there right under the surface. And we, I mean, I can't tell you how many billions of dollars health and wellness industry makes or, you know, farmer, like the the farmers, I can't speak today, but uh, pharmacological uh, companies or just nutritionalism in America, how, how wealth, uh, inspiring that is. And it, it's actually a simpler approach, but you just have to be there and stay present. And we avoid it because it, it is a fear-based reaction. And when emotions come up, 
you got to sit with those emotions because they're messages. Like you're saying that the, the anxious poops or peeing before a presentation is, you know, sometimes it's like, Hey, that makes sense. You're about to go in front of a lot of people. This is really important. And this is that fight or flight. And, you know, honestly, if I'm being chased by a bear, I don't care if I pee myself running, <laughs> running away from that bear. I just, all my energy is going to my heart and my muscles and my, my breathing to get away and stay safe. And so that's the same kind of connection that we're talking about. Exactly. And I think the reason we want to outsource, we want to just push that away is because we don't want to take responsibility. No. And at the core, what I talk about a lot is just there's a difference between responsibility and fault, right? Like I'm not at fault for being ill, for the diagnosis, for the traumas. I'm not at fault for that, but I am responsible for how I chose to respond for 20 years of my life, right? right? Like I chose to self-sabotage. I chose to chase diets. I chose to outsource what my body was trying to tell me. And so I see a lot of, and that's a normal reaction. We don't want to sit here and be like, yep, I did it. Where it's like, yes, you did it. And yes, you have good intention for wanting to look at these diets or wanting to look at these supplements and doing, you have good intention, but that's still outsourcing responsibility and putting it on someone else to find the root cause of what's going on with you. And so like my job and my mission is to educate people around that. So you can start making empowered decisions without getting like depressed because of what has happened in your life. You're just like, no, I take responsibility and and whoever listening, like choosing today to be, okay, I'm actually going to be a little bit more intuitive today. And that doesn't mean like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm more aware. It's I'm going to be aware. And then I'm going to do something about it. Mm. That's the issue. (laughs) That, yeah, that, and what your intention is for the day, right. Is, is really setting an intention. And, you know, if you're having a down day and you just want to watch, you know, parks and rec all day. I feel like sometimes that's okay to do as long as your intention is I'm just going to watch parks and rec all day and take that accountability. And tomorrow's a new day and you can go for that run tomorrow. And we get tripped up in, in that fault. Um, I'm, I'm a terrible person. Cause I watched parks and rec and didn't go running parks and rec does not sponsor the podcast. Although I wish that would be awesome. Uh, even though I used it a bunch of times. Um, so you know, this is this really interesting story to to kind of get to where you're at. And, you know, there's way more to it. I'm sure we could probably talk for hours and hours on it. And you have tons of classes on it. So obviously we're not going to capture everything on that today. But I, can you tell us a little bit more about healing to happy and, and what you're doing now with that? And you know, you've mentioned it's your mission, but what does that entail and what how can people connect to that and where are you at with it? Yeah. So my mission is to really help women understand that food is not the issue that, you know, our bowels and our life is not the enemy and really simplifying this so that you can go back to living, not even normally, but living optimally so that you can go from this one area to your next. Cause it's for those women that are, you have this blueprint, you know, it, there's more and what you're doing right now is just not working and you're at your wit's end. So I have my course, which is the gut recharge program, which is a six week container where it's a group program. We walk through, we have our live courses, really walking you through that, showing you the foundations of how to do this. And this is what I use the free method. So it's foundations, reprogram, explore, evolve. And so we're looking at every area to get you on your way and evolve your lifestyle to get there. And then I have my gut accelerator program, which is the one-to-one. 
And that's where I go through. It's like such a special place in my heart. It's where I go through and I go through the health history. We go through what has been going on since you've been a little young into where you are now mm -hmm. and really giving you that support because I, I know what it felt like when like all the doctors were like, it's all in your head or here's an SSRI, here's yeah. this. And I'm like, it's so disheartening when, you know, just because I don't have a bleeding wound that you can see, I know when I feel something is wrong. And that doesn't mean I'm broken. I just, and like, they're just like, here, take an antibiotic or here, take Miralax. You're like, for what? You have not told me what is wrong with me. You just said, I don't know. And so that is what I do with my gut accelerator programs over eight weeks. We really get to this foundation. And so women that have worked with me on that, it's like, oh, it makes me so happy for them to have their lives back and to be moving forward and have this energy. And it's so funny because then their husbands will come and they'll be like, why does my wife have so much energy? What did you do to her? And can I join? And I'm like, you do only work with women, but yeah, you can come hang out. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that really at the foundation, like my mission is to just bring awareness, like everything on the internet right now. And I get it. it it's all marketing, but it's so wrong. And it, leads to disordered relationships with food disorders relationships with people around you and you don't know how much this is actually impacting your relationships the way you're working the way you're working out the way you're really living your life it's just ugh. so my mission is to kind of disrupt that to be like mm -mm, you should be eating cheese enjoy that pizza wine night is great too like different kind of things but in balance and understanding that a healthy body can bounce back and really feel alive and supercharged without these restrictions, because I mean, we talked on intuitive eating and all that kind of stuff, but that's hard to do when your body is fighting against you. You don't know what to trust and you don't know how to do that. And so when you can learn to take the right steps to actually trust your body, to be able to bounce back, you get the rest of your life back, which is so, so powerful. Yeah. And it's the shift of the onus from, from that guilt or I'm broken or something's wrong with me to I'm empowered. I can make these decisions. I can heal myself and, and have that support. And I think like we talked about before, having a team to help you with that or having a community to help you with that is so strength-based and again, empowering to move you forward through the process and support you. And I think what you're doing is fantastic in that. Um, all right. So I always end the podcast with two questions. I'm a huge geek, as you can see in the background with my Captain America shield. Um, so the, the two questions I have for you are tied to superpowers. So the first one is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? And the second one is, what do you believe your real life superpower is? Ooh, uh, I love that. So if I could have any superpower, teleportation. I just love to bounce around. <laughs> just go all over the place. Go. Go everywhere without yeah. like having to sit on an airplane. Um, in my real life superpower, I would say like a connector. I don't know if that would be a superpower, but I think that's something that is really, I love bringing together communities and inspiring change within those communities because. We are individual people, but we thrive when we are together. And so that is something I know and love. Yeah. I mean, I, there's something about co-regulation that's really empowering for the nervous system, for, uh, you know, mental health and physical health that that's not utilized a lot in modern day society. And I think that having connectors and having people open to that, being able to connect is really, really something that's missing. And especially when you talk about, 
you know, any kind of behavioral addiction or change that we're talking about. You mentioned orthorexia, but you know, I had an emotional overeating disorder when I was younger and I was so isolated by it because of the guilt that I felt about, Oh, okay. I know I should be eating healthier. I'm only going to eat three slices of pizza and then sneak like seven other slices in the basement while no one's looking. And that really, even though I love my family and I feel really close with them, I felt really alone through that process. And so having connecting points to, to foster this community, I think is, is really where a lot of health and wellness is going and where it should be going, because there is great, not only empowerment, but healing and being open and connected like that. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, any last gems of knowledge you want to leave for our, our listeners? Mm, just, you can't be at war with your body and win. I think I say that almost every day because there's just no empowerment in that. And we spend so much time in our life wishing we thought a certain way or looked a certain way, or I don't know, had something else where it's, you're never going to win if that's, if that's your thing, you know, and the sooner you accept and give yourself radical permission that this is just the way it is. And I can have one foot in gratitude and one foot in desire, but you can't have both feet in desire. You still have to be gratitude and in the present moment, you can't just keep seeking, seeking, seeking. And so that would be my last little bit is just, you can't be at war with your body and win and sit in that and find some gratitude. Nice. And talk about your poop, right? I I feel like that's a a stigma. We don't put out there a lot, you know, we should normalize uh, talks about digestive health and, and poop and something, having a young daughter myself, that that's always is normalized that for me just to make sure everything's going good for her. So I think that's a bigger conversation. Talk about this health. It's important. So, Oh yeah. Like if you ever come hang out with me at coffee, we are definitely talking about bowel movement. (laughs) It's like, everyone's like waiting for it to talk about Anytime I go to a networking event or like out to dinner with someone's parents, they're like, so, and they're like, no, that's all they want to talk about. And I'm like, all right, we've, we've been waiting for this one. huh? I think that's a good way to end. So I'm honored and thankful that you came on the podcast. Thank you for, for breaking down some of the stigma of uh, dietary and digestive health and wellness. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. You too. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends, like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.